Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talk the Walk here on Watch Fresh Games. I'm your moderator at this moment, the enlightened, excited ADV. Joining me, of course, is the Sinestro Brush herself, Mr. Sinest Roberts. I'm so happy to be back. I'm yes. So I have my, my drink ready. Yes, I'm so happy to be back also. And everybody, we have got a special, exquisite, excellent guest joining us. Yes. He is from the Zelda Dungeon. And of course, he's our Femi News correspondent for Nintendo <laughs> Pop Block. Everybody, the devastating Dungeoneer. I'm so happy that he could join us for this. I'm so excited. Everybody, please welcome the one, the only, Mr. David Nasby. That's a, that's a big intro to live up to, Ed. <laughs> I am so happy. Everybody, we are discussing Coffee Talk. And I'm going to handle, hand this all over to Celeste because we got a discussion to have about this game. So Celeste, take it away. Oh my goodness. I first learned about Coffee Talk when one of my friends sent me a message saying, Hey, I just started this demo of this game called Coffee Talk on Switch. It looks like something that might be up your alley. So I played it last July or so. Oh my goodness, is it up my alley? <laughs> <laughs> it is my dream game. It is, my, it is my game for 2020. I told David about it. I told Ed about it. I told Billy about it. Unfortunately, Billy can't be with us today. So many people love this game, and for good reason. I, I just love how soothing it is. I love that you can take your time with it. You don't have to rush. That soundtrack. Uh, Are you, I'm a big fan of that genre. Are you guys fans of that genre? Chill hop. I've been listening to a lot of chill hop music. I this is one of my workout things when I go walking. Um, when I, definitely when I write, I throw in some good old chill hop music. Like it really is really helps me. And so yeah, listening to this in this game, I was like, yes. And so let's thank you for helping me being able to know that there are different music in this game because I didn't know. <laughs> oh yes, because you said you're like I'm tired of listening to the same song again and again. Well, pull out your phone, my friend. How often did you guys change the music? I kept the music the same. I never changed it because I didn't know that you could. Yeah, I usually let the game cycle through uh, songs. I, I'm trying to remember if I ever specifically requested songs. I, I don't know if I did. I really liked the cover of Claire de Lune. Mm. I thought that was really pretty. I really liked that one. But gosh, this game... It's considered a visual novel, and have you played visual novels? I know this isn't a, t a walking simulator, everyone. We're taking a break. We're, we've been walking so long that we have yes. to rest. <laughs> yes, we need we need some good coffee just to talk about this game. We have to. We walked into a coffee shop. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this is my first. I think this is my first visual novel. So. Um... Yeah, you know, I, it, it definitely sold me on the genre. I, I'm I'm actively always looking for more now, and I don't think that was true prior to playing Coffee Talk. So, oh, that's great. What about you, Ed? Um, uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Oh, have you ever played a game like this, like a visual novel? 
Um, actually, yes. Uh, so, um, as you guys could look, um, I played Root Film. <laughs> um, that the review was out just now. Hint, hint. Promote, promote. <laughs> uh, and uh, where can they find it, Ed? They can find that watchforgames.com. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, just like reading this game and seeing hearing like hearing people's stories and stuff, like not really having much gameplay to do, I didn't expect that I would sit down and enjoy it because I love reading, I love books and everything, and to see like you know, of course, adventure games was almost the same, but they had did added gameplay. This game was just like. No, you just read it. So when I play Roof Film, I did a lot of reading and yeah, selecting different places, but hearing these stories in this mystery and stuff. But like Coffee Talk, it was kind of my first visual novel, like where I just sat down and read the stories and felt for the characters and everything. And whether I got their coffee order wrong or anything, it always just felt good, you know, hearing all the stuff that was around it. It felt so real. And I think it came out at such a good time. It actually was released on January 29th, 2020, before the world really kicked into 2020's (laughs) mess. And so when I was playing it last summer, coffee shops were not open again. I think they're slowly opening with limited Mm -hmm. amounts of people, just depends on where you live. And I was craving something serene like that. I missed going to coffee shops. I missed the ambiance, just the background noise. And so this was like a big hug during a very tumultuous time. Which is weird because me and my friends, when we go to Denny's, we call it coffee talk. Like, hey, let's all meet up at Denny's and get a meal and have coffee talk. Even though we're not drinking coffee, we're having these discussions. And it's therapeutic. It's a place that we could get out our feelings, our opinions, our di- ideas, our advice and stuff. And so seeing this game is just like, that's why I feel like Coffee Talk kind of resonated so well with me because I do this with my friends. Mm-hmm. So. David, uh, we know this about you, but you, I don't know if everyone else does, you've worked in a coffee shop before. That's right. Um Wait, what? All- yeah, all through my time at uh, the University of Washington, which is in Seattle, um, I went to school there for eight years, and six of those years I worked as a barista at Starbucks um, over in the university district. So this this game, it felt all kinds of nostalgic for me. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times on a rainy night working. You know, one of the Starbucks I worked at was a twenty-four hour Starbucks. So. You know, one in the morning, pouring rain outside and hanging out while people come in and making drinks and talking with them. I mean, it, it was like <laughs> it was like time traveling for me, you know, my, minus all the uh, fantasy characters there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <sighs> A 24 hour coffee shop. I wish. It, it was pretty so- awesome. I, it was it was such a unique experience. And, uh, you know, like I said, the game brought me back for sure. So. Oh. <sighs> Well, if if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you played Coffee Talk. We're I don't want to say we're gonna have too many spoilers, but we're gonna have a few spoilers here. This is like a book club, basically. But in case you're wondering what the official description from Nintendo's website is, Coffee Talk is a game about listening to people's problems and helping them by serving up a warm drink out of the ingredients you have in stock. It is a game that depicts lives as humanly as possible while having a cast that is more than just humans. 
which I love that. I love mm -hmm. that the game involves humans and involves these fantasy creatures who dress like humans, who have powers, but they're also working really mundane jobs like the rest of us. <laughs> yes. Why, why did they come to our world? Their world seemed a lot cooler. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? I think it was good that they incorporated a different kind, like us humans and uh, animals and the supernatural if you want to look at it, uh, supernatural beings, I should, I, I would call them, because they represent a lot of themes in this game and a lot of stuff that these people go through. The representation of them kind of resembles what, uh, what it is, um, and like the discrimination sometimes, the, uh, the, um, you know, the dad and the daughter, the pop idol, just like, and we're gonna get into the character stage. I'm sorry, I don't got the, I got the list up, but I'm not looking at it. I'm just thinking this, like, you know, how parents look over their children, and how sometimes parents feel about things when their children are, you know, with someone else they didn't expect to be with, and it's just a lot of stuff on here that is so good that they tell, they tell these stories, do these other supernatural beings that are in the game. Um, you know, it, and it's just like in a coffee shop, it, it's a free for all. It's a welcoming space that no matter who you are, you know, of course, yes, you're here to get coffee, but you're also kind of here to give, you know, you know, just probably give your problem, let people know about your problems to see what advice you can give, you know, try to find help or try to find some kind of comfort because maybe you don't have a space to say anything or say or, and something. And this coffee, this particular coffee shop and uh, coffee talk, it just feels safe. You know, mm. even even I would go to that coffee shop to be like, talk to that bartender and just be like here are my problems and stuff well what do you think well i really don't have an opinion but you know maybe if i could give you a latte maybe a, uh, maybe you'll help figure you figure it out so i love that mm. I love that's that. beautiful <sighs> you know <laughs> i i I would add on there too because I, I I love like you're saying Celeste that they chose to do it with fantasy characters. I, I I just you know as a thought experiment, imagine the same game with just human characters. Mm -hmm. Which ironically, Freya actually talks about that at one point uh, in the game um, when she's talking about her novel that she's writing, and it's just like all the problems of their society, but only with human characters and all and all the other characters in Coffee Talk kind of react like why. Why would you do that? Or why would you only have a character story just about humans? But, um, you know, it, it would have been a very different experience for people. I don't think it would have been able to explore issues of racism or classism or xenophobia in the same way. And I think this gets at something I'm really passionate about, which is um, both video games and the genre of fantasy get really dismissed by academics and people who ought to know. Um, and I, I think that's unfortunate because I think both video games as an art form and fantasy as a genre have an opportunity to do something that other genres don't. Mm -hmm. And that is to discuss these really big issues while getting us to drop our guard and to get mm -hmm. us to put our defenses down, right? Because you can you know, I don't want to say trick or con the audience, but in some ways that's what's going on, right? Like people don't realize that they're having a conversation about their racism 
when it's elves and a succubus um, having conflict, right? And so by disarming people, you can start to sort of sit with some of these big issues that we face as human beings while people drop their guard and actually allow some progress to be made. And, and then add to that the layer of video games where people have some agency in the conversation and they're not just passively listening. And I think you have a pretty special work of art, right? And, and that's, I think, a great, you know, coffee, shop, uh, coffee talk fits that description, a work of art. Oh, beautifully said, both of you. It's because the game, it deals with such heavy topics, mm -hmm. but you almost, it's, it's like a whisper. It doesn't mm. scream at you. It doesn't really cause anxiety. This game is very gentle. You can play it when you're trying to wind down, but then you, when you're done playing that particular chapter or day, you pause and you think they were just discussing xenophobia. They were just discussing immigrants' issues. They were just discussing racism and predatory practices in the entertainment industry. And yeah, uh, but over this beautiful, chill music and in this magical '90s anime-style atmosphere, just <laughs> it, it does it so well. And it gets you to talking to other players about these issues. Like you don't have no say to the game. You can't respond and yell at the fictional digitized <laughs> characters that's in the game. You really meet other players and be like, did you play Coffee Talk? Did you hear this discuss?" And that creates mm -hmm. the discussion almost just like the game now. That's a great point. Love it. And are, are you guys fans of Cheers? I know that's a completely different <laughs> <laughs> medium. I, yeah, I got I that vibe a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I, I'm not a I'm not a big bar person, but I, I've said since I can remember, if I could go somewhere to drink alcohol, I would want it to be in a place like Cheers. People don't necessarily have to say Celeste when I walk in. I would just <laughs> that warm, calm atmosphere. And I, I I was always more partial to Frasier, but well, I am too. I, I find Frasier the superior. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, another Seattle show, so just putting that That's out there too. Bias there. <laughs> I, I, Seattle is one of my goals to visit in life. I just want to go and visit. Come on up. Yes. So maybe this is also for purely selfish reasons that we have David on the show. But <laughs> this game, like he said, takes place in Seattle, and I think it starts in September 2020, mm -hmm. and. Only one person from the team of, please forgive me, I believe it's pronounced Toge Productions. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, they're an Indonesian company. And one person, only one person from the team had ever been to Seattle. And it was also written and designed and developed by Fami. Great guy. I have an interview with him on 1v1 if anybody wants to listen to that. But David lives in Seattle. And that was one of my first questions. Well, how accurately do you feel this game portrays your hometown? I mean, it was pretty great. Uh, you know, I don't have a whole lot of complaints. You know, I mean, of course, the skyline was slightly off, but it's a fictional <laughs> game. So, you know, whatever. I mean, it was um, I, I I loved it. it. It it totally had the feel and the vibe for me and, and the rain, of course. I mean, that's what Seattle is known for. And um, it. It, it had all the feels for me. I I, I was super excited because I when you told me to play the game, I didn't know that it was in Seattle at first. So when I turned that on and saw that, you know, each night where they have that opening cut of the skyline, I, I just was so excited. Oh, 
that Seattle is one of the places I would love to visit. Very Got some great coffee there. up here. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. I mean, excited. we were going to go see you, David, but coffee yeah, is of course. <laughs> yes. So if, if you're interested in playing this game, it is available for Microsoft Windows, Mac OS, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. I believe all of us played it on Nintendo Switch. I played it on Xbox One because it okay. was uh, free with games with gold. Okay. Mm. Okay. And you played it on Switch, David, right? That's right. Okay. I played it in handheld mode. So that's, I don't know. It it felt, it was really nice to cozy up on my recliner and rock and have my blanket playing coffee talk. I I liked playing it. Oh, I'm sorry, Celeste. I didn't interrupt you. The signal (laughs) talking (laughs) online is always a challenge. Um, I I was going to say that I I played it um, on my like entertainment system setup at home where I have surround sound. And I really liked, it felt like I was in the cafe because the speakers, you know, were all around me. So I was hearing people come in and like it, it gave it that extra vibe feel. So I might have to try that. I'm so excited just hearing that because that was my question. Like, did you, did you guys, because I might rebuy, I think I'm going to buy it on Switch. And I wish really, I wish there was a physical version because I would definitely buy a physical version. Mm -hmm. There is. There is? I think limited run games. Has, oh, um, I might have to. I think I'm gonna order it. This is a shout out to our friend Late to Gaming. I believe he ordered the vinyl of the soundtrack, mm-hmm. and I believe he also ordered a physical copy of the game. Please forgive me if I'm Ooh. wrong. Late to okay, Gaming. we should figure that out after the show because I might have to order myself one. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, I would. Uh, David, I might be sending you one. <laughs> oh, like, you're very sweet, and I'll send you some food. Maybe I'll send you some yes. coffee from here. <laughs> but I don't know if we mentioned this, but the cafe is called Coffee Talk. And mm. what's unique about it is, unlike David's experience at a 24-hour Starbucks, this cafe opens only after midnight. So that is that common? It, in anywhere, I mean, besides 24-hour shops, I've never really heard of somewhere besides a bar opening that late. Intentionally. Yeah, like nightclubs, maybe. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. And I love it. I, and the bartender, I'm sorry, not bartender, barista, we never, you assume that role. That is the first character we kind of come across. And mm-hmm. they, the designers have intentionally made the bartender gender ambiguous so that you can give the person your name, someone else's name. And I was reading and I was doing my research for the game to help me refresh my memory. The other characters never really describe you as human. I I think it's kind of left a little ambiguous. Is that correct with your species? But whenever you're making coffee, you can see a, a tan hand which looks a little human to me. So and certainly no spacesuits, right? No, yeah. no spacesuits. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, nothing crazy. And so what I love the opening to this game where it's describing what's going on. It's September 2020. We see the incorrect <laughs> Seattle skyline, but it's it's really cool. We see the the space needle. And my favorite way that they de- I love how they depict the changing of the days with the newspaper and the headlines. Yes. And one of the newspapers even talks about deadly virus makes its way to the U.S. or something, which is a little too close to home. Yeah. That was, yeah. 
that was crazy. And I know they couldn't have predicted that they were making this game. But basically for the gameplay, you roll through dialogue in this visual novel and you make drinks for the characters based on their request or just your trial and error because I don't want to talk about how many drinks I got wrong. <laughs> I would not have gotten any tips in real life. <laughs> but I noticed there really isn't any negative consequence to messing up the drink. Um, there is one character who does need you to make the drink correctly, but you get endless tries to get it right. So what did y'all think about that mechanic, making drinks? I, uh, I you know what? I should have wrote down notes of on how to make these drinks and who goes it for, and who goes to what because I thought I could do everything by memory and stuff and I was just like oh and I thought the gang would keep track of what drinks that they like so I could go and mash it up and it doesn't <laughs> it's just like oh yeah I should have just wrote this down so I think when I replay it again I'm going to write it down and make sure that I get the right drinks to them um, yeah it it felt pretty intuitive to me actually. Like I um I appreciated that not only the the coffee knowledge of the folks that put the game together, but uh, the international feel to it as well. Like a lot of the drinks I think um, are based in like traditional Indonesian drinks. I think mm -hmm. um, so. You know, it was, it was great because there was some stuff on the menu that I already knew how to make. And then there was some stuff where I was like, oh, I'm kind of learning about how other cultures drink coffee. So that was, you know, once upon a time, I was like a, a coffee ambassador for Starbucks. And yeah, well, like they have this like coffee master program where you, you had to learn about coffee production around the world and do tasting classes and things like that. And um you know, so I feel like I had like a decent amount of knowledge going in and yet it was really fun to kind of learn about, you know, different recipes that other other cultures have and uh, made me made me want to go try some more co kinds of coffee. So do you all like I, to drink coffee? Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, David likes his black. I love mine with some cream uh, flavored and stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know how you could do it, David. I just don't know. <laughs> He's a strong person. <laughs> he wants the most caffeine. I like, I've been using sugar-free creamers. I'm not, I'm not diabetic or anything. I'm just trying to reduce my sugar mm. intake as much as possible. And they have some good, they have some good flavors. Um, community coffee is a big one where I am. What are some big coffee brands where y'all are? What do you like? Well, I know Duncan is big where we're at. Um, uh, Folgers is a, you know, like that store brand one. Uh, it's a good one. Um, so that's part of waking up. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think going to restaurants, uh, different restaurants in here, like the family kind of restaurants, ordering coffee from them is just like kind of the best because you don't know if it's like homemade, like if they make it or if what kind of brand that they're using. Sometimes you can't tell the difference. Um, I love going to a family restaurant and getting the coffee and just ordering, can I get a black with two things of cream and adding my sugar, stirring it up, and it's just having a nice, smooth taste of drinking that coffee. So that's, that, that's for me around this area. Yeah, I mean, in Seattle, Starbucks is king, but, you know, I, the, the one... The thing that I really miss about this pandemic is being able to go to, you know, small, 
mom and pop kind of coffee shops, mm-hmm. um, you know, which the, hopefully they're still there when all this is done. Um, you know, that's been really hard on those businesses, but, uh, that, that's my favorite experience when, when I can go to those small local stuff. I love those. Don't they have like more options for coffee, like flavors and stuff like uh, that? Maybe. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what you mean by more options. Like, I mean, Starbucks as a chain has a gazillion options, but, mm-hmm. um, local, you know, what you get at a local coffee shop is, you know, the, the foam art, the, the, you know the ah. feel of going into those places which that was actually a part of the game that uh i really enjoyed was trying to do the foam art i was terrible <laughs> at it i could not get the, the controls to work for me but um oh. and so of course i would get the snide remarks from the, the customers in the game about oh is that what you, i think it was bailey's like oh is that what you call art <laughs> you know, it's like, such a jerk bailey's <laughs> gosh <laughs> I, I love seeing people's art on Twitter or Instagram mm. because they have some really talented and may I say patient people because I'm just like I just want to get this over with so I can progress yeah. the <laughs> They also they have some lewd pictures too. Of course, you know, there are certain body parts people have depicted in the coffee <laughs> art. <laughs> I, I just don't know how they do it. I don't know I'm not an artist at all. I I do miss I do miss local coffee shops a lot, but and that's kind of I, what I wish I had in my area was more local coffee shops, and I don't. It's just like it's Dunkin' or Starbucks, and that's it, or the mm-hmm. family restaurants. I don't have nowhere else to go to like really try different coffees. Mom and pop shops are having a hard time right now, so mm-hmm. if any are open in your area, give them a go, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give them a try. So we talked about the gameplay, and I want to talk about some fun features, and please help me with my memory if I'm forgetting anything. So like we mentioned, the days change with a depiction of a new newspaper. And now I mentioned the virus headline. Do you all remember any other headlines that stuck out to you? I think they were talking about a war that they had. Uh, And I think they talk about... Was it the else that they were talking about, like missioning, missioning like the else or something, in one of the stories? I think uh, so. It's been a while. I think there was also a labor dispute as well, if, if memory serves me correct. So. I think you're right. I think it's something about unions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So again, there, but it's all these fantasy creatures dealing with real world problems. And of course, there's the werewolf attack as well. Yes. 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 Oh, we're going to get to that. That is, that's a big part of the story. Right. So some other fun features, your character, the barista has a cell phone and it stores drink recipes on the brew pad for, so for easy access. So as you unlock recipes, they're stored there. So sometimes you'll have customers who will say, give me my usual. So you can go back and look at your phone like okay this person likes this drink this is these are the three elements each recipe just has three elements as well and there's a little yes. meter that tells you how mm-hmm. warm how bitter i think you know and sweet, sweet. Mm-hmm. yeah but like order that. matters right so that yes. was an interesting variation yeah is that is that true for making coffee that I mean, some drinks are pretty layered, so it, it, it could matter in that. So then it's like what taste hits your mouth first. Mm. But, um, you know, in, invariably, when as soon as the customer gets it, they just stir it up real quick anyway. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. 
And the phone also features the in-game social media app Tomodachi with two exclamation mm. points. And apparently that's a Japanese word for friend, which I thought was really cute. It looks like a Facebook profile with your the patrons' profiles and profile pictures. Uh -huh. So with that mechanic, I couldn't help but wonder, okay, are they befriending the barista on this app? Like, oh, I know because I put my name, I know Celeste, so I'm going to add her on Tamadachi. Or do you just think that was the game's way of helping you learn characters more? I think helping you learn the characters more, because it really didn't play a... a it really didn't play a big part in the game itself, you know, um, because you were so interactive with, or you were reading the story and learning these characters and stuff. Um, besides just the brewing and learning how, how to make it just to remind yourself, yeah, I don't think that part played, a, played anything in the game. So, so I had a different take on it. I felt like it was a little bit of both. I do think at some point, especially as you start getting more information from the characters, as you get mm -hmm. to know them better, it's like you're no longer, uh, it's like they have a private profile and you're now invited in. Mm -hmm. But when you first just get the like cursory information, it felt more like stalkerish is the wrong word but it definitely felt like you were you were lurking on their their social media and like oh what can i find out about bailey's who's this bailey's character right so you kind of like seeing what information's public and what's not that's how i i kind of interpreted it oh i like that interpretation because i, I think oh, okay maybe i'm alone here but i think everybody's been guilty of oh, I think I recognize this person, <laughs> right. you know, either on yeah. Facebook or Instagram. And I remember when I was using MySpace in high school, my friends <laughs> and I would get really annoyed whenever someone's profile was private. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, we what are you hiding? And then, like, we alluded, I don't know if we alluded to this in the episode or pre-talking, because we, we talk a lot before the episode. <laughs> But you can change the song playing in the coffee shop as well. And you can read the Evening Whispers newspaper. That is such a cool touch. And one of the characters has her short stories in there. Did y'all read her short stories? I did not. So I am this this kills me and I'm going to have to replay the game just for this feature because I am so embarrassed that I did not figure that out until you told me after I was done with the game. So <laughs> I need to go back because I actually was irritated that while I was playing, I was never going to be able to see her short stories that she kept talking about. And yeah. lo and behold, I just had to fidget with my phone more and I could have, <laughs> I could have been reading them the whole time. There's so much to this game that you just don't know yes. because you're, you, you press start and you just go with the flow of the thing. You don't know that all of these other options are in the game. You know, I, I like Celeste just told me like a lot of stuff. I'm like, oh, you can change your music. Oh, you can read this. Did not know that. I was just so into the game and just like, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about that. Because I was just normally, I pressed start and I went through the game as normal. As normal. So I didn't know all of this uh, other stuff. Maybe so Celeste, did you read it? I did. And maybe it just means I look at my phone too dang much in real <laughs> life. <laughs> maybe, maybe you guys are, are better at losing yourselves and being present. But uh. It's neat because as each day changes this or each week, maybe the stories that will they'll, they'll, they will be added, there will be new stories for you to read and which, okay. So we talked about ourselves as the barista and this character Freya is the author of these short stories. Her name is freya fatima and she's our first customer now 
I'm finding conflicting information on her species. Do you think that she's a human or a fairy? I think she's a human. Something about her has that human quality um, with it. You know, she's not magical because, like, even when she loses her job and everything so she can focus on her book, there's something, like, I'm like, if you was a fairy, you should be able to, like, use your magic to control something to make some good things come out of it. And it's just, like, she kept running out of you know, running into bad luck over and over. And definitely when, like, she does the expression where she's just, like, she'll be doing like this, and then she'll be like, and then goes into talking and stuff. And so I kind of felt like, I'm like, okay, she's another human that I'm interacting with. Yeah, she probably is human. I was thinking because the story has all kinds of beings and creatures in it, and we don't have any other humans in the story, right? So it makes sense that she would the play the cop. human role. Oh, the cop. Okay, that's true. Geor- Georgie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the more we've talked about it, I, I also do wonder if she's some sort of fairy. Like the green hair is kind of a, a little bit of a trope with fairies. And she also serves as our guide, and maybe I've just played too much Zelda games, but I, maybe I'm <laughs> thinking of Navi too much. Too much but, <laughs> but she does seem like our companion or guide throughout the story, and and that seems like a little bit of a traditional fairy role as well. So I would very much be open to the idea that she's a fairy. I, I hate to say it. I kind of thought that with her green hair. I'm like, what kind of magical creature is she? But yeah. I know plenty of humans with unnatural hair colors that look that look mm. awesome and mm-hmm. I, what i want to know the significance okay she has the roman numeral of the num- of the number nine on her mm. shoulder is that just there Does, do we ever find out i have some ideas about that did you okay. have a thought ed um well i i just thought it was a regular tattoo and definitely with the green hair i just her she has a punk aesthetic to yeah. her definitely mm-hmm. like with the i think she has like a, or did she have some no she didn't have no chain around her neck or anything there was there was there was a look to her that just made her feel human so yeah. i'm thinking i'm thinking the nine is just something that you know maybe it's a lucky number or something like i just thought that you know she's the other human just with this punk aesthetic and that's awesome and definitely with her being as a writer and writing all of these short stories mm-hmm. and stuff it kind of matches matches that look it, it, even though it's, it sounds weird i just felt like there was connection with that uh so that's why i didn't get like no fairy vibes from her or anything i i do think she has the punk aesthetic and that's also very seattle by the way um she she totally fits in with the it, particularly it's like a 90s anime kind of style and grunge 90s grunge in seattle was like mm-hmm. a big th- so, like there was just a lot there that uh you know I don't know. It's, it felt like I borrowed a little bit from each of those. Um, but I think the nine is actually a feminist tattoo um, for Title Nine, which is the name of the civil rights legislation passed in 1972 that guarantees equal education to women and girls. Ooh. So it was like a writer. I think I think that's what it's referring to. I know it's not a U.S.-based game, but I know that um, like there are a lot of folks in the in feminist movements that have that Roman numeral title nine tattoo as a reference to that. So that's oh. what I, that's my guess. And maybe I, I could be wrong, but. Oh, I love that. That's way that's deeper than anything I was thinking. <laughs> exactly. I, I was just like, oh, well, she's always kind of 
flying by the seat of her pants and the number 10 is like this perfect number. So she's always <laughs> at nine and she's not quite there at her goal because <laughs> she keeps getting distracted. Not quite finished. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite complete. Her story's not quite complete, but oh, I love that. Thank you for that, David. That <laughs> makes a lot of sense. And I, so I love this character. Freya is, she's a girl after my own heart. I, I don't work for a newspaper. I've, I've written for a local magazine and that was fun though. I'm under the impress, impression, in addition to her short stories, she covers news articles. I'm assuming, uh, maybe this is just the pessimist in me with how society treats the arts in general, but mm. I, I don't know of too many newspapers that are going to pay a living wage for short stories. I don't know. It, I'm under the impression that she's also having to cover real life stories as well. Do y'all think mm. that? Yeah, I, 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 I think so. I, it, there, she has a heart of a writer, but and it feels like this news, newspaper is just like, yeah, I know I got to write these articles, but I want to get my creativity out out there. And if I could get it out to the world of this newspaper, you know, maybe something would uh, grab hold, you know, of somebody and I, I could express myself. But, you know, I think she's boggled down with the, it's a job, but I wish I could do more with my job. You know. Well, and I think she also has to write these short stories for the paper, but her passion is longer fiction, right? Like she mm -hmm. wants to write a novel. So it feels like she's she's got this job that pays the bills to a degree and feeds her passion, but it doesn't satisfy her. Yeah. I mean, if if I could find a job that would let me pay short stories, making what I'm making at my full time job plus benefits, uh, sign me up, please, <laughs> please, sign me up. And her favorite drink is espresso, which is hilarious. <laughs> she, I think you have the option not to make it for her. I made it for her because I felt bad for her, but then she comes back really frazzled because she's trying to meet this mm -hmm. deadline. Did y'all make it for her too? Yeah, I every time she came in and ordered her coffee, I made it for her. Yeah, you know, I I made it for her, and then I found out later that actually to unlock her real ending, you need to give her the what's it called, like the bedtime drink. There's some mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of the drink, but at any rate, so now I'm like wondering what happens when you give her the sleepy time drink and. <laughs> It reminded me of this uh, experience I had while I was a barista. This one person came in and they'd get uh, nine shots of espresso over ice Ooh. five times a day. So it was, it was up to like 45 shots a day, which it got to the point where we were starting to worry about their heart. And this is really bad, but I'm sorry if you're out there and you're listening to this. But we started <laughs> giving them decaf because we were so worried about their heart by the end of the day. <laughs> so we were slowly trying to wean them off of it, which is, you know, not cool because that's not what they ordered. But I was young, didn't know any better. Um, and so it kind of it, it felt similar to that experience of like, oh, my God, should I be giving Freya this coffee or, you know. Did oh she, my God! Forty-five shots of espresso. Exactly. I'm like, that's crazy. Did did it? Isn't there a scene where Freya comes in and she's like really tired, and you look at her? Cause I think I screamed at her and be like, "Who? You look a mess. <laughs> like her. Like she look yeah. She's she's she hasn't slept in like a day or two, and yeah. she's trying to meet this deadline. It it looks like hell. I, <laughs> she I, looks so bad. I 
screamed at the TV. Like I, I like I yelled at her. I'm like, oh, you look a hot mess. <laughs> like, girl, go take a bath. Go push your hair. Oh my god, <laughs> what if be in the and, room whenever you're playing games? <laughs> exactly. And I trust me, I trust remember what I just said earlier that the characters can't hear what you said, but that reaction came out. I was just like, wow, she looks crazy. A hot right? mess. She's a hot mess. And do you guys like this character as well? Yeah, I love Raya. Yeah, so we had an article over at Boss Rush Games uh, recently about what video game character would you most like to meet? And she was my answer. I would love to meet Freya and hear more about her stories that she's writing and, um, you know, her decision to pursue her passion and her elevator speech. Um, you know, so she's she's definitely my one of my favorite characters in the game for sure. I wonder if she have, has a Seattle accent. I wonder if she just, or a Boston accent. Like, I would like to hear her accent. Yeah. What does the Seattle accent sound like? Oh, people in the Northwest, and we have a couple words that we say incorrectly. Like, we say uh, flag instead of flag, or rough instead of roof. Uh, there's a couple, you know, just, it's not too bad, but we definitely have some words that we say kind of funky up here, so. I want to hear Freya talk now. <laughs> exactly. So she's with us almost every night. She's a pretty constant companion in this lonely coffee shop. And she even jokes about how do you keep the lights on in this place to the barista? And <laughs> it's true, but apparently they have enough to, to work. So the next person who comes in is Lua, which uh, David and I were talking about before Edgy popped on. Her name is a nice allusion to Kalua, the, the alcoholic beverage. And she is a succubus. I believe she works in trading. She's some kind of business person by yeah. day. And at night, she struggles with familial disapproval of her relationship. She is dating an elf. And elves are immortal in this world. I really like her character. She she seems really sweet. She seem and she's really into art. When you look at her Tamadachi profile, you realize, yeah, she works in business or whatever, but she loves visiting museums. She loves poetry. She has a gentle spirit. I really like her. And she's is she the no, she and Georgie, I think, are the only two characters who light up cigarettes in the, mm -hmm. in the yeah. game. She has this very calming presence about her, but very troubled. What'd y'all think about her? I loved her, but and the only thing that got me is it's just like I knew where she was coming from, even though she's a female and everything. I'm just like, I I seen you before, and I know the struggle is real. Like, and I wouldn't say it's classism that she has has a problem with. Um, it may be racism, I don't know, but it's just like it's really just you as a being. Cause I'm like, if you had if you had everything, it was just an elf, you're you wouldn't have the struggle. But I'm like, she's smart, she's talented, talented, she's gifted, like she got a lot of stuff going on for her, but it was just like, man, just because of your being. It's, it's the struggle that I recognize and I feel for you. And, you know, definitely when we get to the next per, per, uh, person that she's connected to, it it really showed that, you know, of course, it's that um, 
Shakespeare Shakespeare's play, um, what is it? Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. It's that kind of theme in in everything. Uh, but I was just like, I felt for her, and it's just like, he, this is one of those just because of who you are as a being that you you are going through the stuff that you're going through, and I I I felt for her. Yeah. yeah, Ed, I, I I appreciate that you were exploring the various ways that she's marginalized. And I, for me, it felt like she was the intersectional character, you know, that, that idea mm-hmm. of intersectionalism as a philosophical perspective that it's not any one marker of our identity that, that defines us. It's all these things as they intersect. And, you know, her character, I think, is marginalized both from a race perspective and a class perspective, right? That Bailey's family really looks down on them as Mm -hmm. low class and, you know, not up to par with the, you know, the, the dating material that an elf should have, but also is rooted not just in, in class, but also just a real, you know, racist attitude, right? That, um, this belief that they can never be, you know, equals. And so, her struggles, I think, were very, um, you know, 2020 was a time where we were going through some of these same struggles and continue to as a society. So it just felt so on point with everything else. You know, the game as a whole, I mean, with the virus and her, I mean, it just, <laughs> it seemed like the perfect game to speak to some of these issues in 2020. And I, I had a hard time picking my favorite couple in the game, but I think Bailey's, um, and Lua do just edge everybody else out as my favorite uh, pairing in the game for that reason. I love ah, it. I have a... Okay. And it's interesting because she's a succubus, which according to the mythology, that's someone who's going to tempt someone and very mm-hmm. sexually voracious. But she seems monogamous with Bailey's and she wants to settle down and she's she doesn't flirt with any of the other patrons. And just, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, just the way that she dresses. She's like, very professional. Yeah, like, and you would think that as a succubus that you would dress sexy, or you would think of a succubus from Castlevania or mm-hmm. some of those games that the way that they the way that they dress. No, she's very contemporary. She's very modern and she's she carries herself in a way that showcases that yeah i am a succubus but i'm not the stereotype that you are guys all think that i am or people think that i am exactly but her her partner bailey's who's an elf his his family has in their mind she is all of these negative things Mm -hmm. and he is a freelance designer and photographer he's he's really sassy i really like him like david said he criticizes your latte art (laughs) okay (laughs) <laughs> Can I say that he looked like a Cub Scout leader? A Cub Scout leader? <laughs> I looked at him and I was just like, oh, you look like a Cub Scout. And I'm like, wait a minute. Because he looks what? young? Because he looks so young? I, I, he, the way that he looks, the way that he's designed, the clothes that he wear, I'm just like, you look like a Cub Scout. Like, mm-hmm. Scout's honor and everything. <laughs> like, I'm afraid <laughs> to do that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I but, thought he just kind of looked like a hipster. <laughs> I guess I could see the Cub Scout thing. Yeah. And uh, he's supposed to be immortal. So maybe that's why he looks so young. Mm-hmm. But we learned that 
if he decides to be with Lua against his family's wishes, they can reject his immortality. And they bring up an interesting conversation. I think another character brings it up to them when they're, whenever they're talking about their relationship problems throughout the game. He would have to get medical and life insurance. And that's, mm. and that's kind of a little light bulb goes off above his head metaphorically where he's like, oh, I never, I never considered that. I've never had to worry about those things before. Yeah, it, it's. I think it, it highlights the privilege that these elves have, and when that privilege gets taken away, they don't know what to do about it or how to handle it. And I think that's what their eternal struggle is with Bailey and Lua. It's just like trying to figure out what happens if we take this chance what happens if we take this step this fear is holding us back and it's kind of tearing our relationship apart you know if you and i think that's the kind of thing that some couples go through they eternalize a lot of stuff and they ask all of these questions and they fear of what the the conclusion may be without you know and they just they accept that fear and they accept what that's what the conclusion going to be when in that in reality it may not even turn out that way um and so kind of looking at looking at their relationship and stuff um definitely with the old guards on Billy's side like their his parents think of her in a certain way and think of their relationship in a certain way i'm just like why are you caring about what your parents think you know if if you leave and your parents don't want nothing to do with you, this new life that you're spending with uh, with Lua is going to be more meaningful. They're the ones that's going to have to deal with the fact that they don't get to see their grandchild or deal with the fact that they don't get to see their son and stuff because they hold on to their beliefs as these old guards. So that's going to be on them. So it, it was good just looking at their relationship that way because some couples deal with that. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point. And, you know, ironically, they're they're this heterosexual couple, but in a lot of ways, their storyline plays out what a lot of folks on the LGBTQ spectrum experience with families saying, yeah, if you choose that partner, we're cutting you off, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's Bailey's family that would withhold his immortality from him, right? And so I, I think that that's interesting that they, in some ways, represent more than just their relationship. Absolutely. I, I was thinking, I guess because they are heterosexual, I, w- I was thinking like, of, I, it's, it's better now in some ways, but I was thinking about how interracial couples have dealt mm-hmm. with so much like the movie Loving and that story where the white man wanted to marry the black woman and it was illegal in their state. So they had to move. Oh, just that's what I was thinking of. So that thank you for bringing that point up too about it. It's a there's a happy ending. Do it though, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully. Um, so the the next character who comes in is Georgie. He's a human cop. His beat is near the cafe, and he shares a lot of the goings on with Freya. Keeps her up to date. Kind of tips her on things that she can talk about with the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And well, I thought it was funny that he's lactose intolerant, and he makes a point to mention that on his profile on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> so don't make anything with milk for his for his drinks. And he has a, I think he has a big heart. He's very gentle. He's like this, this father figure. He's this nice mediator. He's very calming. And I think he takes the whole protect and serve oath very seriously and just how he Mm -hmm. interacts with the patrons. He doesn't seem like a violent Mm -hmm. 
hot-headed person. What what did y'all think about Georgie? I actually was surprised to see a uh, black representation in the game. I didn't expect it at all. And a cop. Um, and uh, de- definitely as a cop and stuff. Uh, yeah, he feels like he's the dad to Freya in this game. Um, for some unknown reason, I'm just like, I love the relationship together. You know, it, there's something, of course, humanistic about it, but there's just something real. And it's just like, I I wish I could see more of this kind of father figures in games and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I love, I enjoyed them and everything. And I think he talks about it. He has a son, right? Or or the, uh, daughters. Daughters. Yeah. Uh, and I think I love that how the way that he talks about it and how uh, he talks a little bit about his family and everything. And he seems like as an amazing dad. Uh, I was just, I was just like, can I, can I be your son? <laughs> can I be adopted? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wait a minute. I'm asking the video game character to be adopted. But I'm not Georgie. I yeah, I <laughs> I I love George. I'll tell you who I actually really love in this game later on. I yeah, you know the parental side of things really hit home for me. I, I have two kids, and so his advice um, to Rachel and her father Henry, um, you know the way they fight, and he talks about how to make repairs and how to be there for her, regardless as she grows up. Um, I thought that was all really beautiful. He gives such, he's so calming and it's, he's not a background character, but he doesn't have any drama really surrounding him. So it's not that you forget about him, but Mm. I guess it's kind of like David, maybe you can attest to this. If one of your children is very calm and nothing bad is going on, but the other child has something going on, your focus is going to kind of be the forefront is the Mm -hmm. kid who's having some issues. It's not that you've forgotten about the other kid. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think his only moment of drama is really when that party blows up um, for the music awards, right? And he yeah. has to rush out of there and doesn't get to finish his drink, right? Yeah. 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 And he um, he also is very kind to another character who we're going to talk about, um, Gala. Mm. He's, and we'll get, we'll get to that in a little bit. But the next person who comes in is Hyde, which, <laughs> oh gosh, Hyde. He, he's a vegan vampire, meaning he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't drink human blood. And he, I think he works as a venture capitalist, but he's also a model. I'm under the impression he is what, like hundreds of years old. Yeah. For sure. And there's also some irony in him being a, a venture capitalist, which is sometimes a blood sucking profession. So I thought that was a little interesting. I like some that. contradiction in his character. <laughs> he's he's brutally honest. He's sarcastic. He's very wise, but he, he's the person I would want as a friend because he would tell me like it is. He'd be honest with me. <laughs> he wouldn't sugarcoat anything. And I like how he sits. He always sits with his if you're, if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see it, but he has his hands mm-hmm. in front of his mouth and his <laughs> nose. Like it's very that. guarded. Yeah. I feel like he's very mysterious. I feel like there's more to him that we don't know, even after the game. What do y'all think about him? He, there's something smuggish about him that I <laughs> yes. love. 
you know, he has this model rock mentality, but like you said, he is rise and stuff. And when he hosts it, hosts it like this, he's just like, oh, do tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there's something about it just be like, ooh, I don't want to tell you, but I'm intrigued. There's something mysterious about him. I love, I love High. Um, he's just one of those characters that I, I, I don't know. I just I'm I'm attracted to him. Like something about his presence is like I'm attracted to you as a character that you've become one of my favorites, and I love him in this game. Yeah, and we did get word in the game that he's married, right? But then one of the producers of the game later says that he got a divorce two years prior to when we meet him. So I think there's a little bit of intrigue there as well. Yes, and I, I'm curious about his relationship with the next character who walks mm-hmm. into the cafe, who is Gala. I love him. Uh, this is my boyfriend. I love him. <laughs> I love Gala. Oh, go ahead, sis. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. No, I, I want you to gush about him because he's worth gushing about. So he's a hospital administrator who is very good friends with Hyde, and I'm kind of under the impression they might be more than friends. And he is very kind. He's very gentle. There's a picture of him petting cats in his Tamadachi profile. And he struggles with something called his monthly fury, which is whenever there's, he's a werewolf and whenever there's a full moon, he could lose his mind. And I noticed there were lots of scratches on his arms, lots of scars, and he has band-aids on his face. And he doesn't want to hurt other people, but during his fury, he could hurt other people so it sounds it seems like he's trying to restrain himself and will inflict harm on himself rather than harm Mm -hmm. other people and i looked so his name gala is derived from sarah gala the indonesian word for wolf it we learned that he served in a war it sounds like vietnam based on the timeline and he is a great example of ptsd which is a real world Mm. issue and that's reflected, I think, in his fury. And Hyde helped him to find a non-violent job. And I, I just found this out. So his favorite drink is called a Galahad. And I wonder if that could be a play on words for Galahad, a knight of King Arthur's round table, who's renowned for his gallantry and purity as the most perfect of all knights. Because Gala is this upstanding citizen who's been through so much and wants mm-hmm. to make the world a better place. You're working at that hospital. Uh kind of changes him and everything um and and i think that's why i gush about him of course like him being a wolf and just like his design is just like oh this is boyfriend type for me (laughs) so i'm sorry everybody that might seem weird there was just something of his gentleness like i i just adore you know Mm um and him in heights uh the way that how their friendship started and everything it's just a, a it's a great story to read about and hear um and i just think that he is just such a down-to-earth cool person um it's it, it was really funny that he comes in his frame and he's just like i need my coffee and so if you get him the wrong coffee he'll look at you yell and then leave <laughs> and it's just like oh wow like you never think about that he's in his furry mode and instead of him going out to the woods or restraining himself he comes to the coffee shop to get healed 
Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that's kind of cool and everything. But like when he's normal, when he comes in, every time he shows up and Hyatt shows up, I pay attention fully. When he shows up, I'm just like, oh, my boyfriend is back. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you guys track the phases of the moon as the game was happening? I, I guess they match real uh, waxing and waning of the moon, and so you can almost predict when the full moon's going to happen in the game. Oh, oh, I did it. Yeah, that each scene of the skyline in the coffee shop before the night uh, begins, they have the full phases of the moon. So you can kind of see when he's going to have his issue. Oh, and I think um, Georgie, we learned, helped him. He didn't arrest Gala for undergoing a fury because he ended up helping some werewolves at the hospital, it Mm. sounds like, that were Mm -hmm. also undergoing the fury. That's something they have to worry about. I love his character. He's he he's so wise and kind and he's he's someone I want as a friend. <laughs> Did you guys get the final ending for him, the correct ending? If it's what what I think it's with, then I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Some fuzzy fuzzy handcuffs. <laughs> I did see that. Mm. Yes, he, he and Hyde are depicted with some fuzzy handcuffs. Ah, okay. So that, yeah, that's why I'm under the impression they're in a relationship of some mm-hmm. sort. And I think Hyde even makes a joke about BDSM at some point. In the game. He does, yeah, to, to help manage the monthly fury, right? Yes! <laughs> to, which, to which he makes the remark that, no, that's just a thing in adult videos. Yeah. <laughs> Gala seems so innocent, even though he's been through so much, he seems so innocent compared to Hyde, and mm-hmm. it's so funny. So then, okay, this part, this sweet little black and white cat appears in the cafe one night, and I love cats. I freaked out. Oh my gosh, there's a cat! There's a cat in this game! How did this cat end up in this cafe? Then the cat transforms into Rachel! Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a she's a girl who has I think she maintains her, her ears and her tail while she's yeah. a human so she's a former member of the girl group Super Smile and she's trying to break into a solo music career much to the dismay of her father Hendry he's quite familiar with the sordid entertainment industry and she's she's what she's like 18 so she knows everything right she's mm-hmm. She keeps telling them, I'm an adult. I can make my own decisions. And the patrons kind of treat her like a little sister because they're worried about her. And we see this with boy bands as well. I'm, I'm, I don't know if anybody is familiar with what Backstreet Boys and NSYNC went through with their manager. And it's it's pretty bad. And yeah, currently Britney Spears, all this stuff's coming mm-hmm. out about what she's dealing with, with her conservatorship and not just that, but think about, uh, I was thinking about magazines when I was growing up, like 17, there used to be who wore it better and hot or not. And can you believe this pop star lost their virginity? Why does that need to be an article? Why is this newsworthy? Why do we need to know this? So I, I understand why Hendry is very concerned for Rachel. Yeah, it was, it was kind of too, too much adulting though. Uh, and Rachel was just like every, she kind of felt like you know definitely in the mind of a teen it's just like I feel like I can't do nothing without you being there 
or you saying something like because I think she I think she she just said something it's just like I can't even do this without having to deal with a comment from him like if I want to color my hair or something I gotta hear all of this reasons and stuff and I think it's for uh for Rachel it's just like all the stuff that her dad uh went through um was it uh, all the stuff that Henry went through? You know, yes, you can use that, but use it when it's appropriate. Don't use it every day when it's not even business related. Like, yes, you are my dad, but you are overboarding your parenting to a level that is past annoying to where it's just like I'm not even free to do anything. So I understood where Richard was coming from um, with that. Because uh, there, there was a time that I agree with Rachel. I'm like, Henry, and they were telling him, Henry, you got to let her do something. You got to sit down. You got to let her live her life and be free. You're doing too much. And if you keep doing too much, you're going to really lose her. And it's going to be too late when you need to go in to save her. I mean, of course, he was right about her manager, though. Ooh, yeah. Right. So I mean, there's that's the that's the tension. I feel like is that he's not wrong in his concerns, but to your point, Ed, like he's he's got to find some balance. Right. And yeah. she even and she even said that when I need you as a dad, please be there as a dad. But it never felt like they had a daughter and father relationship. It felt like you're trying to be my business manager in everything I do. And when it's nothing that deals with business, why are you still trying to be a manager for? You don't need to do that. So yes, I do agree. Yes, Dave. Because um, that ending one was just, did she even go to the party or anything? I think because um, I don't think no, I don't. So. I don't think she does. And then we find out the next day in the newspaper that it was uh, there were a lot of arrests and mm. like drug trafficking and underage kids there and all sorts of other things. So I think I think her not being able to go is proven right by the newspaper headlines the next morning. And then we find out Georgie had to help make some of the arrests and stuff. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Henry comes back as a injured cat as a beating cat Mm -hmm. um and they had to rush him to the hospital and everything because i think she i think she went to go perform and then she left after there i did she did she yeah she didn't go to the after party right you know and uh, and so I, i think she was kind of aware of what went on but you know dad stepped henry stepped in and was trying to be a knight for something that you know, he believed that he didn't trust her enough, you know, and I think that was part of the big thing was the level of trust that they both had. She, she couldn't trust him and he it automatically felt like that he couldn't trust her for some reason. And I mean, but she's only like, I think she's 17, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that the Some, 17 or 18, something like that. Okay, I think she's still a minor. I, I okay. think that's if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that yeah. adds this layer of complexity to oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah. I remember this when I was her age, there were some girls at my school who were dating older guys, which it was legal. Yes. But why was a 20 something year old interested an 18 year old who's still in high school, not even in college or working yet. And I guess it, there was this mystique and, 
you felt like, oh gosh, he finds her so cute and attractive. And now I'm like, oh boy, if I had a daughter, why, why there's no reason for this almost 30 year old to be sniffing around your high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Why can't he find someone within his age range? Mm-hmm. Uh, David, as a father, I'd love to know your opinion on this. I mean, I, <laughs> it's good to have Ed <laughs> on the other side because, you know, I, I think the older I get, you know, and having kids, you know, my son is 14 and my daughter's nine. It's like, oh man, I'm totally on Hendry's side. <laughs> so, <laughs> We learn he is a former music industry executive and manager, so he's fully aware Mm -hmm. of all the horrible things that are happening. And his daughter, being that age, she has to experience things and thinks she knows better. And we also find out that her mom passed away. So he's Mm -hmm. playing the role of two parents and... He's and, he's the last character we meet, but it's great. Just jumping on Hendry, and I know we'll probably revisit it. I think it was the passing of the wife. It's just like you haven't grieved and you haven't let this go. Mm-hmm. So because of your loss, you don't want to lose your daughter. So this is why all this extra protection of you being my dad is, and not my she didn't ask to be a manager or something. Yes, you could give me advice about the business and stuff to help me, but that's all I need her to do. When I'm not, when it has nothing to do with the business, can we have a father, father and daughter relationship? And then it feels like we can't have it because you a you haven't grieved over the loss of our wife. Because I think Rachel, um, uh, I, she. You know, she understand and have come to the conclusion. She just accepted it, and Hendry hasn't accepted it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like this is uh, this is a man who's going through with so much loss. He did lose his wife, but he doesn't want to lose his daughter. But it's gonna feel like that because of his actions, and he's not recognizing it. He's thinking that he's doing it good, doing it, uh, doing it in the right way. But everybody's telling him, "No, you're not doing it in the right way. You're gonna end up losing her." by doing what you're doing. And Georgie is the one who's the sounding board for that. Georgie, because he has daughters, so he's mm-hmm. able to offer Hendry that advice. Is there anything else you would like to say about their dynamic before we move on to the next, should I say, couple? <laughs> I, I, I will say that I do like how all of that played out at the end for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So the next person after Rachel who comes in, we okay, so this character I love, Myrtle. <laughs> So we don't we don't find out her name for a long time, and so she's this half orc. She she comes into the coffee shop and she's wearing she's wearing like a jersey. She has dreadlocks. She's on her phone. She doesn't want to talk to the patrons. She's just wants to be left alone and drink her drink. And we eventually learn that she works in game development. She doesn't say much. She likes to keep to herself. She's a workaholic. She doesn't really take vacations. But before we get into her more, this this interaction is hilarious because while she's there, this character in a spacesuit, an astronaut suit arrives, and we learn his name is Neil, which I'm assuming that's an allusion to Neil Armstrong. Mm-hmm. He's this well, I, I can't I'm using he, but they they is the pronoun used mm-hmm. in the game. So please forgive me. I I, I guess because Neil is traditionally a right. guy's name. I'm thinking he but they are a quirky extraterrestrial who is trying to find a suitable mate for research and to produce a hybrid being who can protect Earth from 
some kind of threats. <laughs> Neil. <laughs> I love Neil. Um, they drink through their index finger when they order a beverage and he, he, they, they do this thing with the index fingers, these little poking. I'm curious. I'm not, I'm not so sure about what to do in this situation. And they try to hit on Myrtle, which I was afraid we we're about to witness a, a coffee shop fight. What do y'all think about this I, whole situation? I love the Myrtle expression. Just the way that she sides eyes him. <laughs> just like, you really, you really want to do this? You know, and we kind of find out more about her and stuff. Uh, I thought Neil was just a horn dog. Like, I didn't understand. <laughs> oh, like, I, like he, was, he was trying to have He's trying to have sex with as many people as he can for this research or whoever he could find to do it, you know, because he was just like, it's going to be too late. And I feel like I'm going to fail my mission. So my mission is just to be like, uh, I got to find a female component that, you know, we can shebang and call it a day. And Murder was just like, <laughs> you know, there's an app for that, right? You like, oh you don't have to hit it was just so funny because she was just like, I don't got time for you. I don't got time for this nonsense at all and everything. But I, I love Murder. I, there was just something comedic about her, about her not smugness, but her um, shady attitude towards Neil and stuff. Uh, but like her relationship with uh, the other character we're going to talk to was like was really genuine. I kind of figured that she was a lesbian because the way that she looked in dress. There's something about her that made it be like, okay, yeah, you're the lesbian in the game. It's a look thing that I got from her. My uh, favorite interaction with Neil was when he was talking with Myrtle about how he can accomplish his mission and decides to go to the music festival so that he can watch for research as people oh. procreate. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that he just goes from zero to a hundred with Myrtle. Pretty much they exchange a few pieces of dialogue and then he's pretty much like, um, can we engage in procreation? <laughs> and and they don't, I think it's Freya that they're talking to. And she, Freya is like, you know, make sure you can use a condom if you want to enjoy it for pleasure. But, but Neil is strictly trying to procreate. And I think they explain how people can't find out the process of how they reproduce until they agree to it or something. So I'm not quite sure if it's the way humans mate or, <laughs> or something. I mean, Neil drinks through the index yeah. finger. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Do, do they assume a human form to like, I don't know. Is this like a, a Lita and the Swan from Greek mythology incident? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so many questions. At least there's nothing. I, I hope we haven't made Neil sound like some kind of predator because he he never forced. They it's never very innocent. themselves. Yeah. Yes, yes, and they, naive. That's the best word for Neil. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that um, that little meme. Uh, Hello, fellow kids. Yeah, he oh, doesn't belong. No, no. It, it, they, they never force themselves on anyone. Never. There's there's no sexual assault or anything strictly mm. innocent very very fun but 
then this well, character. Can I say one more thing yes, really absolutely. quick before we go? Just, uh, you know, the thing about Neil too, it's an opportunity for the game to focus on the ways in which language fails us, right? Because mm-hmm. Neil as a character comments repeatedly to you as a barista, how strange human communication is and how we can say one thing, but mean another, uh, which of course is, is this very meta moment about the conversations in the coffee shop. And so the coffee shop becomes this place for Neil to observe human communication. Mm-hmm. And of course, human communication about sex is perhaps the most complicated of human communication. So all of Neil's you know, mistakes or missteps are really just efforts to try and communicate like human beings and failing to do so. Um, oh, so yeah. that's great. And I also, with Myrtle, you know, all the characters have pretty famous illusions. And for Myrtle, the only pretty famous illusion I could think of was Myrtle from The Great Gatsby, um, who is this character that tries to become more than, you know, the class and station she's given. But I don't know if that totally fits with Myrtle in this. So I, I didn't, I couldn't think of any other illusions for that character. I, I'm not sure. I, I know that... I know this because I interviewed Fami. I know Rachel is based off someone he knows in real life. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. So I'm wondering, I, I like that great Gatsby reference. That's a, that's a deep dive. I like that. <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm not sure if Myrtle is named after someone they know. Cause Myrtle's yeah. not very, that's not a very common name anymore. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Except like crepe myrtles, the, the plant. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I won't lie. Uh, the way, before we find out the name, I, I was kind of with Ed where I wasn't even sure if this, if that character was male, female, or uh, non binary or, or whatever. But we do learn with this next character um, Aqua. Okay, Aqua attempts to enter the coffee shop a few times, but she's very timid which I thought was adorable. She is a mermaid from Atlantis, but not the typical mermaid bottom. It, she mm-hmm. has like tentacles, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think she, yeah. And she works in the computer graphics industry and she really wants to get into indie game development. She has blue hair. She has glasses, very meek. She's very shy. It took her a lot to work with the courage to even enter coffee talk. And she explains that she's dealing with xenophobia because I think there was difficulty in her family obtaining the visa to even get from Atlantis to Seattle. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do y'all think about her? I, I thought she fit Myrtle completely. I love the fact that they talked about gangs and it, led to their relationship and you know talking to her be like you know you need to take a vacation and stuff and murder's just like i don't want to do a vacation but if i do one kind of want to do it with you and it's just like (laughs) yeah it's like a natural love relationship and i was kind of happy for them uh with that they complement each other uh very well uh that's pretty much all I gotta say about about her, because there's like really nothing else that like really stood out from Aqua. It's just like, yeah, she's timid, but when she when she's around uh, Myrtle, she feels safe and protected, you know. And so it was good that uh, they just had a good connection, like they just fit. 
They balance each other out very well, I find. Myrtle uh, starts opening up a little bit more, I find. Yes. When they become possibly, I'm assuming, romantic partners. But I don't know if the game ever explicitly... Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they, they, they lead to that that they're in a relationship. The social media posts, I think they have pictures together. Oh yes, 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 very much so. I was just thinking up a little bit more. Uh, the name Myrtle comes from the Greek Myrtos, um, which is a plant, and so and there's also a Myrtle tree. So I was just thinking Myrtle and Aqua, plants and water go together. <gasps> So I don't know if that was a connection maybe, but it was just kind of interesting that these characters seem to fit together or need each other in some way. And that's really true for Aqua's work, right? As she's trying to figure out the game for the the game vessel, which is basically PAX, right? Um, Yes. And she needs Myrtle's help to to get the game going. So they kind of need each other the way plants need water. Yeah, I love that, David. Thank you for that. That's, oh, that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> that takes it to a new level. That. I didn't even yes. know that. Yes, I like that. They're they're good characters. I, I think so. I think Myrtle's character, which if if you, I mean, we we follow the gaming industry pretty closely at Boss Rush Games, but there's a lot of people talk about being overworked in the game industry, which we mm-hmm. which we hear with with Myrtle, she doesn't even want to take a vacation. And I'm someone who I work to live. I do not live to work, but a lot of people lose sight of so much. And there, there are arguments that, well, you signed up for this, you know what you're getting into. Oh, you're getting paid overtime and who oh, could have a whole other episode. About that. Yeah. But I find, I find Aqua is a breath of fresh air for Myrtle in that sense. Okay, so Myrtle is involved. The next character, Hendry, whom we have talked about, this this man with a cattail comes in, and I thought he was trying. I got creep vibes from him because he's older, mm-hmm. and he's the way he's talking to Myrtle. It almost makes it seem like he's hitting on her or or Freya, I believe. What did y'all think about that interaction before we find out more about Hendry? David, you go ahead. I, I got the creep vibes too, but I, I see now, the, similar to Neil, it it was well-intentioned, and mm-hmm. he seems like someone who's out of practice in the social scene since his wife died, and he's he's really not comfortable being there, and he's really just looking for his daughter, but he presents himself in a way that is misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't get creep vibes from him, just the, the way that he looked. And everything. I think he was just like, like you said, David, kind of feeling out of place. Like he's in a coffee shop, coffee shop, talking to people that he don't know, looking for something. Um, and so I didn't really get that creep vibe when when it clicked when Rachel came in and it clicked. I was just like, oh, okay, now I see the real side of who you were. You know, mm-hmm. you're at first you're this old depicted cat man, and now. I see your true colors of who you are when your daughter's around. So that changed the whole dynamic of his characteristics. 
I thought he was about to get his teeth knocked out by Myrtle. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Myrtle, well, Myrtle just showed no interest in anybody. She just like, I would let you know the real deal without even have to, like, cause she didn't seem aggressive or anything. She just knew that she wasn't going to play no games and she was just going to be full up front with you. Be like, Hey, don't even try it. Cause I'm going to let you know here and now that I'm not with it. Mm-hmm. I like that about her a lot. But we, we learn he's trying to figure out, like David said, where where is Rachel? Where is his daughter? He's he's worried about her because his daughter is new manager. He knows is someone who's predatory. And Georgie offers him some great advice, like we talked about, with dealing with your daughter. And he's also able to transform into a cat. And he is somewhere where he overhears some men speaking badly about Rachel. And he fights them. And that's when we see him show up to the cafe as an injured cat. Yeah. And I think they, that's when they take him to the hospital. And stuff. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's because of the party he went to um, that they beat him up or something. I think that was like closer to the end. Yeah. And everything. Yeah, because I know he was worried about his daughter performing. And he thought that his daughter would go to that party and stuff and no she performed and she left and i think it's this moment too where rachel finally realizes that it's not her dad trying to control her it's that her dad really cares about her and that he's willing to put his life on the line for her Mm -hmm. um because people are speaking badly about her right so it's not just like you know, him being present all the time to make sure that he maintains this power over her because there was no power in that moment it's defending you know her and putting himself at risk yeah. I I really wonder what would Rachel would have thought if she did hear that like if she did go to the party she didn't really do she probably seen all the stuff that was happening and she just overheard those guys I wonder what what dynamic that would play out like mm-hmm. does she run out and cry and tell her dad that you know he was right or um, does she just like you know, just distance herself from her dad and from just everybody there. Just be like, I don't want to be around because I now see it. And if this is what it's going to be, I just don't want to be around. I wonder what would have happened if she would have went to that party. Oh, she might have gotten arrested. Possibly, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're assaulted, right? Like, yeah. it sounds like there was some really shady people there. I, you know, I do think it's great that Coffee Talk has such varying degrees of empowered female characters, though, because, um, you know, you can imagine if somebody said something like that about Myrtle, right? <laughs> They'd be oh. missing their teeth, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's not like we have just these damsels in, in distress. And even having Myrtle with Aqua, I think, is such a great pairing because Aqua can learn so much from Myrtle, right? Myrtle has that confidence. So your your question, getting back to what you said, Ed, about you know what would have happened if Rachel was at that party and heard that, I think that's a really great question because we do have such a range of female representation. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, 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 it's part of character development. In a sense, even though this is getting, it's like at the end of the gang, we kind of get to see what's the dad right, and now we feel bad for not siding with the dad in his, um, in everything that he did, or, you know, was 
you know, like, what do we as players feel about it or and what do we get out of it? Because, like, what happens when you play it again? Whatever you were given the choice that you could go to the party or you couldn't go to the party. Does that change how their dynamic and kind of the ending of Coffee Talk for their storyline in? Like, how do we feel about it? Oh, gosh. It, uh, I wasn't a rebellious teenager or anything, but I definitely thought I knew more than my parents at the time. And right. and, and I don't think Rachel felt rebellious, uh, rebellious. I think she just felt like she just, she couldn't be a teenager. She couldn't be a celebrity without her dad interfering. And just yeah. like, like I said, being a business manager instead of being her dad. Like she she loves her dad and wants to be around her dad, but here Hendry has to act like a dad and he and if always felt like he wasn't acting like a dad. I think at the end he becomes her manager, right? Is mm-hmm. that she accepts mm-hmm. him as her manager and she's in a unique role because she is a teenager, but most teenagers are not global superstars like she is trying to work on their solo music career right because so i don't it's interesting yeah because i don't know if she was lead singer of the other group uh she must have been doing something well because it's usually the the more popular mm-hmm, lead singers right. like like beyonce for example and um oh gosh help me who's another What's another Fer- Fergie? She was with Wild Orchid. Well, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, Justin yeah. Timberlake. Um, oh, I think Nick Lachey from Ninety Eight Degrees went solo. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Uh, Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas. Yeah, from. Oh, Mat- man. Matchbox Twenty. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. So I'm assuming she was pretty much at the forefront of that group, and I like looking at her Tamadachi because you can see pictures of her mm-hmm. and she's definitely trying to market herself and she like her favorite thing is making you smile. Whoever's reading that profile, she's trying to endear her audience and gosh, what? So we went through all the characters and the, the game, all the, we find out about these things because we find out what's happening outside because the characters tell us the barista, we never leave the coffee shop ourselves. We find out from the newspaper, from characters, so I and like then we then we have that weird interaction with the FBI that we only seen once, and I was just like, "What the world is this <laughs> going yeah. on?" Uh, Looking for it, Neil, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and he and he's just playing it, the barista. You as a player, just you're reading it, playing it cool, and it kind of leads into some other things at the end of the game. But it's just like you only see that FBI once. In the whole game, you never see him again. Mm-hmm. You know, the, one of my favorite moments in the game uh, is this moment where they break the fourth wall a little bit, and Freya is talking about her novel that she's writing with this idea that ba- it, it's like a choose your own adventure, and based on the answers that players choose they're awarded a certain number of points which will unlock certain endings and the game is totally talking about itself right it's like basically pulling the window back and letting you see behind the curtain and like what how does this game basically tally up your total points and give you unlockable endings which you know i didn't unlock all the endings um but i just thought that was a really neat moment uh in the game 
I loved it. I love it. I need, I need to go play it again. And I, it's so good. And this, I, I, I don't know if I'm just dense or slow. I don't know what it is, but I was, I didn't realize that Neil is like your father basically at the end. I didn't catch that. Is that, <laughs> is that the case? I, I, I thought more like a, fellow yeah he's a you know fellow. whatever he, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's a fellow he's not the, he's not a dad or anything of oh, just... okay. I, I was so confused I, I was under the impression okay well the barista is somehow affiliated with neil but some people some things i've read online refer to the barista as a superhero so are you the person who's supposed to save the world from these unknown threats neil talks about no, but, no. Uh, oh, go ahead, David. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that wouldn't make sense, though, because, like, as you're playing the game, you're helping try to get Neil to reproduce. So, mm -hmm. and it's his or their kid that's supposed to save the world. So that doesn't that that doesn't make sense to me. How could both things be concurrently oh. true? Right. And why is the FBI only know about Neil but doesn't know about you? Like, how are you able to, to still play? Like, how are you? How's how do they write that character to play it so cool when the FBI is there and like the FBI don't pick up anything he just ends up like oh you good coffee this is a nice place if you see yeah. him give me a call and then leaves I mean it's possible there's so many different alternate endings that that I haven't unlocked so that I that's my you know disclaimer but I would say that to me with immigration being such an issue in the game it mm -hmm. felt more like you as the barista are somebody who's already immigrated and established and you're helping someone out. Yes. So the only reason I brought these up is because the TV tropes website brought it up for just for consideration that mm -hmm. apparently you're the barista displays inhuman levels of nerves of steel. When Gala shows up transformed on the night of the full moon the end of the game reveals this to actually be a subversion due to being a product of the relationship between Neil and an unknown woman from earth. The barista possesses some form of hybrid power. One of which is time travel. What? There must be something in an ending that I missed. I, I need to, I need to replay it. Yeah. I, I need to replay it because it went over my head. I think the game kind of lulls you a little bit. So maybe I wasn't fully paying attention. <laughs> well, what because I didn't know that it had multiple endings. I thought it only had one ending. So when Neil comes back in and you guys are talking, you find out that you as a player are the same species as Neil. You don't know anything of that. And it's just like, oh, this game has multiple endings. I thought that was the uh, official ending and that was the game. Yeah, so that's the whole thing that Frey is talking about with there's a handful of times where you have dialogue choice in the game mm -hmm. and that weights that that gives you a certain amount of points, but also correctly making people's drinks unlocks endings for you as well. So if you don't get all the drinks correct, you can't actually unlock the full endings for each character. So many layers to this. And okay, so I, I was talking about this with David before you hopped on, Ed. Apparently, we actually do get to see what Neil looks like. Yes. On a certain ending, which I have not unlocked yet. Nor have I. It's, I it's, on, you, it's on YouTube. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but I need that sense of accomplishment. <laughs> oh, I understand. 
Okay, so this is coffee talk. Is there anything else y'all would like to say about the game? I kind of want a sequel to this game. I literally mm-hmm. want a sequel to see new characters, how their story plays out. And they could be at the same coffee shop. I love mm-hmm. the barista. I love that it's in Seattle. I, I, give me some new chill high music. Give me more options to make coffee. Um, maybe, you know, add some little food stuff. Maybe I could make a, some donuts or or stuff like that. Uh, like, there's a lot that could be added on. And still keep that 16-bit retro-style game uh, f- look to the game. Like, I love that. Um, I kind that That's pretty much all I gotta say. Like, I kind of want a sequel. And, um, yeah, hopefully my boyfriend comes back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> he might be uh, with someone else, though. <laughs> All right, here's my sequel sequel pitch, and you know, Fami, if you're listening, here it is. Uh, <laughs> um, I want a sequel in that coffee shop from the other side of the counter. So I, <gasps> I want yes. Freya to be able to to like listen in on other you know customers in the coffee shop and add to her stories, uh, and to be able to go up and order drinks four people like I think at that same coffee shop from the other side of the counter where you get to play in the lives of the characters and still be conversation based I think would be amazing oh my gosh I love that so are you also a fan of stories where they change perspectives each chapter oh for sure I love yeah. that I think it's so interesting I love it too I love it so much and I okay I'm gonna get some flack for this but apparently there is a version of the Twilight series where Uh it's from edward's point of view which i have not read yet oh yeah i did hear about that (laughs) i used to be a big fan of the series (laughs) so i need to read it just to just to see but i love that i love that like these vantage points type scenarios Mm -hmm. i would love to know what they're thinking and i would love to know does does freya succeed as an author yeah does Rachel succeed or does she change her career path? Does Georgie retire? Does he move up the ranks in the police does, force? Does Henry get remarried? Oh. And does Lua and Bailey, like, do they have a child? And how does it look? Like, how do they lives turn out? I, I would, I'd be down for it. Totally. I would love it so much. And th- this game, here's my shameless plug. I, I did write an article about it on Boss Rush Games where I, I compare it to the short story, A Clean, Well-Lighted Place by Hemingway, because that's what was going through my mind mm-hmm. while playing this game. Everybody needs this outside of home, home away from home. And I'm really hoping this year, 2021, is the year we can all return to that safely. I know, David, you said you miss coffee shops. And, and, and Ed, you would like to go to some more coffee shops. And I would like yes. to as well. We need to have a Boss Rush Games Con. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'd all fit in a coffee shop, though, unless it's a really big one. We'll be able to fit. And I I, I love that article, Celeste. So people should definitely go check it out. Oh, what, what was the name of the article? I, I did a little play on a clean, well-lighted place and call it a clean, well-lighted cafe musings on coffee talk. It's just awesome. my thoughts on it. But thank you very much. That means a lot. I... We have a lot of awesome articles on the website, and David is our editor in chief. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes, and Ed and I contribute as much as we can. Ed is a powerhouse when it comes to writing <laughs> on the website. I, David I, as well. I, I still need to work on my grammar and stuff like that. 
English is tricky. I, I still have to look up things that my old mind forgets. So don't feel bad, Ed. Well, that's that's our plug for Boss Rush Games and the writing. And thank you all for listening to this episode. It I hope you were drinking something calming and relaxing and listening to some chill hop. I, I still listen to the soundtrack by itself whenever I'm mm. working or something. And David, thank you for taking time to be our guest today. I know you love this game. And we were like, we have to ask David. Yes. I'm really, really excited I got to do it. So, yes. Thank you. Well, everybody, that has been our discussion on Coffee Talk. Um, David, go ahead and plug. Yeah, you can find me uh, at David Lasby on Twitter. And Sebastian, go ahead and plug. I'm at Fairy Crypt on Twitter. And you guys can find me at uh, that retro code on Twitter. You guys check out more uh, Talk the Walk episodes on BossRushGames.com and on our YouTube page. We want to know what you guys think. Uh, you can email us at BossRushGames.com. Not BossRushGames. Uh, you guys can email. Uh, we'll put the email <laughs> later <laughs> into the show. Notes. I always forget <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yes. Uh, or actually, tweet us at BossRushGames uh, at uh, bo- uh, Boss Rush, Boss Rush Network. Uh, or, oh, okay. Oh, the, the podcast, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, is it Boss? It keeps changing. It keeps changing. Our, our Twitter, our Twitter account is at Boss Rush Network. Okay, and uh, you guys can follow us now on Discord. Uh, we have a Talk the Walk segment that you guys could come in our channel, talk the game to us. We want to know what you guys think about Coffee Talk. And if you haven't played it, we do recommend picking Coffee Talk up and playing this game. I'm probably going to rebuy it for Switch. Like, I mm-hmm. need it because I now want to play it in handheld and I want to play it with my headphones and hear all the chill hop music. Now, I might fall asleep with the game still. <laughs> on me uh but i cannot wait uh to to get it so i do we all recommend coffee talk um our next game though it's going it's called gree g-r-i-s this is by nomada studios you guys are david you are welcome to come back we are going to have a lot to talk about this game it's a different kind of walking kind of title but um i definitely recommend that you guys give this game a try it is on nintendo switch and it's on pc and playstation 4 so with that everybody have a great week have a great weekend and we'll see you next time on talk the walk bye everybody bye